This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Thursdays. The voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm, joining us from the Twin Cities as he gets set uh, to head out to Columbus this weekend, Grimmer. When do you guys take off? What's the what's the itinerary? Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be airborne tomorrow. Um, get out there Friday. Always always fly out the day before. Um, and uh, traditionally, we leave. Oh, I guess around one or two in the afternoon. Get mm-hmm. in around three or four, and um, the radio crew will find a nice place to have a meal on Friday night, and then we'll have the game on Saturday. Been a little while since the Gophers went to Ohio State. Yeah, I, I'm, I was trying to think about this. I think this will be just maybe the third or fourth game I've called there. Um, you know, I started doing play-by-play in two, uh, for football in 2011. So mm-hmm. part of that weird, you know, funky schedule that that um, you know the teams in the East you only face, you know, once every three years basically, and uh, unless it was Maryland, who was the travel, you had the one travel partner, which is how they set it up. So you face Maryland every year for six years, and then every other team twice over the course of six years so um now that changed a little bit here in the last couple of years and it's ohio state this weekend and um i, I think the last time was 2018 the gophers were there i think pj's just coached one game there uh in in, in ohio state and uh, they're always pretty good <laughs> you know so number two Man. in the nation right now yeah you know it's funny too because i was i was doing a little research on it i was you forget because you think it's always been this way. And, you know, look, Ohio State's always been the class of the Big Ten with Michigan, no doubt. I mean, all the way back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, it was, yeah. you know, for a long time, the Big Two and the Little Eight, it was called, remember? And yep. then, uh, frankly, it was Hayden Fry who got Iowa to the 81 Rose Bowl. That snapped a long streak that, that did not include a Rose Bowl team that was Michigan or Ohio State. And other Big Ten teams then saw that and said, boy, Iowa's getting a lot of mileage out of this. Maybe we should start investing in football. And um, Illinois win in 84, Michigan State win in 87. Um, you know, basically now everyone, <laughs> everyone except Indiana and uh, Minnesota amongst the, the traditional Big Ten teams have, have been there, you know, since, since that, you know, that run in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and there was, you know, there was some, parody's not the right word, but there was a little more uh, or a little less gap between the two teams. And you think about it. It really took a new hop when Ohio State hired Urban Meyer mm-hmm. and Michigan hired uh, Jim Harbaugh. That since since those two guys were hired, and of course Meyer's not there anymore, um, these teams have lived in the top ten, and Ohio State's basically lived in the top five, um, you know, for for a decade now. Yeah. And you look back historically, and you think that's always the way it was. But John Cooper had a great run there. Earl Bruce had a pretty good run there, um, and they they finished out of the top 10 more than they finished in the top 10 um and 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 in fact they didn't even finish in the top 25 a couple of times in there and you wouldn't even you'd you'd think that was crazy you'd get fired if you didn't finish in the top 25 at ohio state now that's just the way things are ryan day's career record i think he's lost two big 10 games total and both against michigan the last two years so um there is not parity it will be a tough game um, Gophers, you know, uh, you know, no one is giving them a chance to win this, and there's there's reasons for that. One, Ohio State's really, really good, and the Gophers have obviously been struggling the last couple of weeks, so yeah. um, it'll be an uphill fight for sure. You know, that's a uh, such a salient statement. There is not parity, and that's the case in college basketball or uh, football, major college football, 
It isn't a level playing field. You have to overcome challenges at places like the U and at Indiana, that Ohio State, Michigan, they just don't face those. You know, they, they have all the money that can possibly stand in 100,000 people in the seats each week. Yeah, and there's no draft. I yep. mean, you know, so you're, you're, um, you're getting the best players every year. Um, you know, there, there, there is free agency, and yep. uh, once there's free agency, so not only are you recruiting the best high school players, uh, when you miss on some guys and they go elsewhere and start performing well, you can go grab those guys now too, which you couldn't before. So yep. um, the, the, the playing field actually with the transfer portal and the NIL um, the, the the gap between like you know the haves and the have nots only widened. It did not it did not make it uh, more uh, equal um, or, or parity. Equal is not the right word, but you know I, I'm not saying everyone should have an equal chance, but right. it, it should be fair. And and it isn't necessarily a fair fight. And then people expect you to to win those games, and it and that makes it even harder. So yeah, the gap's only widening, and uh, we'll see where it eventually goes. We've had these philosophical conversations yeah. before, is to. You know, is there? I mean, we've talked about could there be a break off of you know forty or fifty teams, and um, you know have an NFL style college football schedule, and I think that could be where it's headed. But even then, what you know, the the gap is so wide. Could it be a break off of twenty? You know, of fifteen? You know, and if that's the case, then where does that leave everybody else? But those are probably conversations better had another time. But it uh, there's there's no doubt um, that the gap is widening, and it's a it's a harder prospect year in and year out to uh, to try to beat those people. Oh, you know, those conversations are going on right now in major college football about what they're going to do. It almost uh, looks to me like they could set up what, what European Soccer League teams have where there's the Premier League with all the top teams and then there's various leagues under that that aren't quite in that and then you don't get to play and you have to play your way into that uh, top league, Champions League or Premier League, whatever they call it, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's set up on tiers there as well at it almost looks like college football could be headed that way. Yeah, I, I wonder, um, you know, because it, it, um, it's such a regional sport. If you're not, um, it, I mean, it's tier, there are tiers already built in, as we've yeah. talked about. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan are on a different tier than, than Minnesota, and you mentioned Indiana, even Iowa and Wisconsin are on a different tier than Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all within the same thing. So I don't, I don't yeah. know how it works. I don't know. Um, if there'd be a relegation system, uh, some of those have not, so to speak, would would it just totally lose interest, and would it they just shrivel up? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah, it's um, the gap is there. Um, I don't think there's any immediate solution to it, and I don't think a lot of people want an immediate solution because TV um, uh, loves the NFL model in the sense that they really want you know basically a thirty or thirty five teams. Um, and really, you know, those those top ones, they want to have Michigan playing USC and Ohio State playing Washington and, you know, Notre Dame playing, uh, you know, you name it, whoever, you know, out of the Big Ten. And they, they want the big matchups and they want to, you know, leave. I mean, you see, here, here's how you tell the tiers right now, Todd. You see who's on the Fox Big Noon game every week. Right. And it's, it's Ohio State or Michigan against somebody. Yep. And then you see who's on that next tier of games, the CBS or NBC primetime games, and occasionally Minnesota gets that. They they were in with, guess who, uh, Michigan. Right. That game was on NBC. Um, and then it trickles down FS1, and then it trickles down to BTN. 
Um, surprisingly, Minnesota and Ohio State this weekend is on BTN. The good news is if you hate the gopher radio announcer, you've got good news on TV because you get Corey Provis this week on the Big Ten <laughs> Network, who's who's dynamite. We love Corey, right? Yeah, He's one of our right. favorites. So, you bet. Um, so, yeah. so if you don't like that gopher guy on the radio, um, you've got TV uh, with Corey Provis, that's for sure. But um, I, I was surprised that even with Ohio State, this this just got to be close to their first BTN game. And so the, I don't know what kind of statement that makes about where the Gophers are right now, but Ohio State being on the BTM this weekend, um, it, it, it is by itself at 3 o'clock, so there is some good news there. But uh, yeah. uh, we'll see what the Gophers have for the Buckeyes. We've talked about the Vegas number before, and neither of us are wagering guys on that, but it's just interesting to see what they think. I, I don't know what the number is against Ohio State. I'm sure it's large. Uh, what what what? What is a realistic expectation for the Gophers, and what would you consider a success without you know pulling off a huge upset this weekend? Yeah, great. Yeah, good question. I think the last I saw, someone told me yesterday the number was twenty-eight. Oh. Ohio State was a four-touchdown favorite, which mm-hmm. for Minnesota is the the largest um, underdog role they've played. I, I think it was since PJ's twenty eighteen season, and it might have been when they were at Ohio State that year as well. Mm. Um, what was was that? So. Um, and, and I'm, I'm trying to recall, I think they kept it within 28. That was Mo Ibrahim's breakout game. Um, it, it was it was all Ohio State, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a close game, but but Mo had a big game. He was freshman of the week, and um, I think they did keep it within 28. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't. that's a great question because I, I can see a number of different scenarios unfolding. Like, like if this game ended up just a route, I mean, gosh, with what the Gophers have been through the last two weeks, it wouldn't shock anybody, I don't right. think, right? I think, in fact... You know, outsiders, you know, non-diehards would probably be saying, "Well, of course it's going to be a route. What are you talking about, man?" Mm-hmm. And and but that said, sports and football are weird. Um, you know, I, I think it sets up. Maybe this is one of those weeks that that look Ohio. It does set up well for Minnesota. Ohio State certainly is looking ahead, right? Yes. They have Michigan the week after. Uh, they they want to win that game to get to the Big Ten title, to get into the playoffs, all that stuff. And so that's looming, and there's no question. You got to be kidding yourself if you don't think some of those kids are already looking ahead to that, knowing that Minnesota, ah, Minnesota, we right. can handle that. So that could play a factor. They could they sleepwalk a little, and for Minnesota to win, that's what they're going to need. They're going to need Ohio State to be, you know, a little lethargic, a little, you know, not interested in the game, and and. Um, no matter how competitive you might feel you are, their their human nature could kick in that way. So maybe you got a, a little advantage there. Uh, and, and, look, we're trying to find what advantages you can get. We talked about the haves and the have-nots here. Yeah. And right now it's clear that there's a gap uh, with Minnesota and Ohio State. So so maybe that's part of it. Maybe you get a little lucky. Maybe they throw one to you and you return it for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, look, Maryland took, it took them into the late third quarter in a tight game. Uh, Rutgers took him into the late third quarter in a tight game. Um, you know, they've blown, you know, obviously Penn State was a tight game with them, and Penn State's a pretty good club. Uh, so, you know, is it possible? I think that's the formula, much like when we talked before the Michigan game, and it didn't turn out that way. Michigan throttled the Gophers that night, but, um, you know, try to somehow make some plays to keep it close. And who knows, you get into the fourth quarter, and, uh, you know, when they're not expected to be tested, and they are. Um, how do they respond? And so hopefully that that's kind of how it goes. So if it goes that way, maybe it's closer than 28. Maybe, maybe you know, you, you, uh, you earn some respect that way. And yeah. I know people just keep looking at that, that game last week. And I do too. That was a, it was a head scratching game at Purdue whose offense had not done anything for five weeks. And, and, uh, the Gophers just could not stop them. 
Um, I have my own theories on what, what you know, I, I, I agree with the head coach, P.J. Fleck, that, yeah, there were some injuries and they're inexperienced. But, but look, Purdue was also banged up. They were playing many second-teamers as well. So, you know, it isn't as if, you know, they had a team of veterans and the Gophers were out there with a bunch of red shirts. So um, I, I think that my theory, Todd, is that the, the week before, that Illinois game took something out of this team. They, look, they have five or six guys on this team that came back. Uh, they could have either gone on to the NFL or moved on with life. And they came back, one, because they liked each other, liked being part of the program. They enjoyed the college experience. But two, they, they wanted to potentially contend for the West. And mm-hmm. uh, last week, or two weeks ago, they hold on against Illinois. After making, we talked about it, they made all those winning plays in the fourth quarter, you know, clutch uh, forced a couple of fumbles. They got an interception. They threw a long touchdown pass. They did everything uh, that we were waiting for them to do. At some point, we were all saying they're going to have to put together a great winning quarter sometime. And they did it all until there was a minute left. And then the, the three plays wiped it all out. And yeah. my theory is, and then it eliminated them from the West. They, they, they could no, they could no longer win the West when they lost that game. And Iowa beat Northwestern. Um, you know, then they could, but it was going to be an uphill fight. They would have to get into a tie and win some tiebreakers. And my theory is that um, I don't care how big of a competitor you are, it um, that takes something out of you. When you yeah. think you have it, and then you don't, and you lose it in that fashion, and then you come to the realization that, man, what we came back for is no longer really attainable. Um, it just, you know, it, it's nothing malicious. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like they were throwing the game, certainly. But I think when it came to summon the energy and the, uh, the the focus and the edge that it takes, um, for whatever reason, it was empty. It was yeah. just empty. I think now they've got some things to play for. They could shock the world. They could be the lead story on every Sports Center show all weekend if they can pull off this upset. They'd be on, you know, talked about on Around the Horn and you know whatever other stupid show you want to watch on <laughs> ESPN. Um, they, they would be the talk of that, right? Yep. And so they've got that a little bit. Um, they've got some pride, certainly. And then they've got Wisconsin the next week. And you, you talk about that. Um, when, and I'd have to look it up. When's the last time the Gophers have won the Axe three years in a row? Yeah. I, I'm going to guess it's been a bit. Yeah. And so um, there's some things to play for uh, there, too. So hopefully they, they've gotten their, their, their batteries refocused. I will say I was at, at some of the practice yesterday, and it really – the guys really were energetic, and they really were uh, focused, I thought. I thought they looked dialed in. The coaching staff did, too. So mm-hmm. um, does that mean they're going to go beat Ohio State? Boy, that'd be a tough ask. But, you know, what the heck? It's why we play them, and it's why we're going to head out there and uh, do the game on the radio. They need one more win to be bowl eligible yet, don't they? They do. There's, there's a little technicality. Um, you know, Wisconsin could be in that boat if they don't beat the uh, you know, it's interesting. If Wisconsin loses to Nebraska this weekend, I don't think they will. But if they do, um, uh, both Minnesota and Wisconsin would be five and six, needing wins to, to to become bowl eligible in that final weekend. Assuming Ohio State does does do it, but most think they will and beat Minnesota, um, and, and that would make uh, some intrigue in that game. However, if you remember back in Tracy Clay's uh, the, the the 2015, the year Tracy filled in for Jerry Kill after he retired, the Gophers finished five and seven. And made it to the bowl in, in Detroit based on um, there weren't enough bowl eligible teams. There's so many bowls now, and it looks like there's a really good chance that that there will not be enough bowl eligible teams this year. And there's going to be three or four spots, and they base that uh, what five and seven teams make bowl games based on the APR, which is graduation rate and a bunch of progress stuff. And, and PJ has this program at a high level, and they are right now second. Um, in that uh, to Wisconsin. 
So, um, you know, if Wisconsin becomes bowl eligible um, this week um, or the following week by beating Minnesota, the Gophers would be the first five and seven teams that, that would be eligible to go in. So I think they're going to go to a bowl game either way. Okay. Um, but obviously you'd love to um, you'd love to see them beat Wisconsin and, and uh, earn it, uh, yeah. so to speak. And, and look, I, I get it. Uh, you, you, I think you and I have had this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's one of my pet peeves. I, and, I, you know, I get on my soapbox occasionally, but um, uh, I, 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 um, I, I get uh, a little bit um, irritated. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm going to uh, insult you because maybe you feel this way. But a lot <laughs> no. of people are like, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, five and seven, you got to turn that bowl bid down. They didn't earn that. They don't deserve that. Or even six and six. There's too many bowl games. Who deserves a bowl game at six and six? And my theory has always been um, th- those people don't understand why bowl games were invented. They were not invented. Some guy in El Paso, Texas, or Pasadena, California, or Miami, Florida, did not sit down and say, how can we reward college football teams for a good season? Well, we could host them for a bowl game. That wasn't what the bowl game was in- in- invented for. The bowl game was invented because some guy in El Paso, Texas, who started the Sun Bowl in the 1950s said, how can we bring people to our city to spend their money the week after Christmas when everybody right. doesn't travel? Yep. And how about we invite some rabid fan bases and make a bowl game, and they'll come down and spend their money. And that's why the bowl games originally got started. Yep. And then uh, the, the proliferation of bowl games continued because ESPN, and now with 19 channels, it seems, and, and, uh, and streaming and all this stuff, they need to fill um, all that time, uh, the two weeks around the holidays where other stuff is kind of shut down, mm-hmm. I, I know they've got the NHL and the NBA, but uh, there's not a lot of college basketball around that time because of finals and the holidays, so they need to fill it. And so they've created all these bowl games to fill their slots. But those bowl games could basically be played in TV studios, yep. and they're getting, they're getting uh, you know, a million people watching those games, you know, um, like the low-level bowl game. Uh, I saw this last year. One of the lower-level bowl games drew like 1.2 million fans to yeah. watch it on TV, right? And the next day, Duke and North Carolina played in college basketball and had like 700,000. Yeah. So the greatest college basketball rivalry there is still can't beat a low-level, rinky-dink college bowl game. That's why TV makes them. So anyway, that's why Soapbox, if you don't like them, don't watch them. That's right. Don't watch them, but don't complain. Yeah. It, it, it was never invented to let's reward a team. That, that yeah. wasn't what it was. It nope. was they they want to they want to and if you're at, you know if you're opposed to it, then don't buy a ticket, don't watch it, don't travel, don't follow the team. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I'm, I'm a with fan you. of the Gophers. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm a fan of the Gophers. And if yep. the Gophers at five and seven end up in a bowl game, obviously my job will take me there. But um, I would also support watching that or buying tickets or traveling or I mean you know uh, let, let, let let's get behind it a little bit instead of always you know. Uh, ridiculing it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I knew where you were going with that, and then you said, I hope I don't insult you by going here. I said, no, no, uh, you're on the same page. And besides the fact, when you're a program that feels like you should be a little better than the Gophers were this season, it gives you those extra practices, too. I mean, yeah, that, that sure. can't be understated, I don't think. Did you get, what, isn't it 15 additional practices uh, yeah, before yeah, the bowl exactly. game? And that's all for player development. So, uh, no, I'm with you. And, and I'll watch it. From beginning to end, I'll watch the pregame. I'll I'll, I'll listen to your postgame uh, to get you guys' analysis on it. Nope, I I don't care if the Gophers are four and eight and they qualified for a pregame. Yeah. I'm still going to watch it. So uh, yeah, Grimmer, yeah. we'll be we'll be tuned in on Saturday, one o'clock the pregame and uh, three o'clock the kickoff at Columbus. Safe travels and go Gophers.
All right, sounds good, Todd. I always enjoy it. Thank you. Mike Grimm, voice for the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.